I figure we will uh, touch, you know, touch base a little bit and, and a little introduction. Although we're going to learn some Shulchan Aruch, but we'll, we're just going to get our feet wet today. Obviously, as we go further into the Shulchan Aruch, it gets a lot uh, deeper. First of all, just thank you everyone for, for joining. You know, this is great. You know, the fact that we can get together on a Tuesday night, study some halacha um, in these times. Uh, any, any learning of Torah is, is, is fundamental. And uh, to obviously our, our whole existence, the world's existence, but even the world of COVID, we need all the time that we can have, all the learning that we can get. And uh, anything that we can learn is, uh, is great. Um, all right, so yeah, so we're just going to touch some, get our feet wet. We're going to learn a little bit of introduction, answer a few little questions, and, um, and we'll continue next week and we'll go. Go de- we'll go deeper. So I don't know if you have a Shulchan Aruch in front of you, but if you don't, I'll just read it. Uh, I did post a link before if you wanted to follow in Safaria. I think Yaakov posted on the chat um, as well, a Hebrew books copy. But um, let's just get right into it and we'll learn. And again, I have my own notes here that um, I had from when I studied this uh, during my study for Smicha, because Basar Bechalav is one of those things that you really need to know when you study and when you study semicha, and uh, so will you. I'll just go about with my notes. But again, if you have any questions, which I'm sure you will, um, I guarantee you we're going to cover it as as we go uh, as we go through this. Um, so we're on Siman Pei Zayin, Pei Zayin Halacha Aleph, Halacha Aleph. So let's, let's see. Shuchan Aruch writes, Katuv Batorah Lo Tevashel Gedi Bachalev Imo Gimel Peamim, that the Torah writes the commandment. To not cook a kid in its mother's milk three times. Echad le'isur bishul. The first time or one time is to prohibit that of cooking meat and milk. Bechad le'isur achila. The other one is to prohibit eating meat and milk. Bechad le'isur hana'a. And the other one would be to prohibit benefiting, having hana'a from uh, from meat and milk, for uh, uh, a combination of meat and milk. The fact that the um, the Torah used the lashon of bishul lo tevashel gedi that's the lashon of don't cook a kid in its mother milk is to teach me that only bishul is asur min hatorah only cooking is something that is asur min hatorah. Aval midrabanan asur bechol inyan. But rabbinically, rabbinically, it is um, it is asur for um, for all for all three. Says the Rama, kol basar bechalav she'eno asur minatora mutar ba'ana. The Rama actually says here that any mixture of meat and milk that is not prohibited from the Torah is actually permitted to be used for hanaah. We're going to learn that not everybody holds like this. There are those that that uh, say not so. Specifically, the Taz brings down the Rashal, who says that that's not the case. That if some that that if it just because it's not asumina Torah doesn't necessarily mean that you can have benefit from it. And by benefit, we don't mean eating. We mean like let's say selling it to a non-Jew. That would be uh, having benefit from it. Um, but so the, but the Ramah seems to say it's allowed if it's not. Asumina Torah. Let's read one more halacha and then we'll 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 we'll, we'll discuss a little bit. Halacha Bet says, Gedi lav davka. Even though the Torah uses the word Gedi, Gedi is a kid, 
um, uh, a baby goat. Lav dafka. It doesn't only mean a gedi. Dehu adin shor se be'ez. It also applies to an ox or a sheep or a goat or, of course, even a cow. Velo shena bechalav. And it makes no it makes no difference if it's a chalav em, if it's a mother's milk, and it makes no difference if it's chalav acheret, a different milk. But the Torah only speaks what is normal. The normal is cow's milk. That's that that's what normally uh, or, or the milk of the animal, the milk of the mother. But it doesn't necessarily have to be. That so those are the first the, the first two halachot of Siman Peizayin. So I'm going to put away my Shulchan Aruch, and we'll uh, we'll, dis- we'll we'll discuss a little bit of that, and we're going to see some interesting things over here. So first of all, it's important to know that anything that is considered asur bahanaa, any mixture that you cannot have any benefit from. Um, and that could be basar bechalav for our for our case. That's what we're, what we're discussing. Sometimes it could mean a chametz um, on uh, Pesach, but in this case, it's not necessarily right. Chametz um, on, but but basar bechalav. If it's a category of basar bechalav, the Gemara says based on the Mishnah that is considered min hanikbarim. Min hanikbarim means it's an item that needs to be buried. Or mean hanisrafim, or it must be burned. So that's why, if you have a chametz on Pesach, if you find chametz on Pesach, okay, what do you have to do with that chametz? You have to get rid of it. You have to flush it down the toilet, not on Yom Tov, but after Yom Tov, you have to burn it or flush it or get rid of it, because in the category of mean hanikbarim or mean mean hanisrafim. So now, now that I take this this um, cheeseburger. Okay, that's what we're going to use. Would you rather cheeseburger or pepperoni pizza? Your choice. I don't know. Let's say cheeseburger. Because the pepperoni, it's probably not kosher. Probably, who knows. So let's get a cheeseburger. So I cheeseburger, now I'm supposed to burn it. Right? That's what I'm saying. Now I have ashes. So I have ashes of my cheeseburger. It's now burnt into a crisp. The ashes are asur. Even the ashes are asur. The Rambam writes that the ashes of... Uh, a basar bechalav mixture is is asur. There are those that say it's mutar because there's no chalav left in it. There's no there's no milk. All the milk has been drawn, and now you're left with ashes. But nevertheless, we svaradim we're going to be posek like the Rambam that even the ashes of a basar bechalav that was burnt, you can't choose. Now, before we go any further, we need to learn the basics of what is considered cooking. What does cooking mean? When I say you cooked meat and milk, what are the different types of cooking? And um, and these these ideas, these concepts are very important to know, not just now for Basar Bechalav, but also when it comes to Hilchot Shabbat, which who, who knows, maybe one day we'll also learn this. What is considered cooking on Shabbat? Klirishon, Klisheni, these are co- terms that you may have heard before. You may, some of you may be familiar with them, but it's always good to go over over them. So let's let's just go through them. If you have food, meat and milk, you have a beef stew and uh, and milk, two percent, okay, in a clearishon. A clearishon is a pot that is on the fire. That is a clearishon, the first vessel. There is no question that that mixture is asumi deoraita. Asumi deoraita. You cooked in a clearishon, a pot on the stove, or if it was removed from the stove, 
It still has a din of a klirishon, as long as the food is 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 yad soledipo, as we're going to see. Yad soledipo is a, is a temperature that you would put your 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 hand in, and 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 it would, um, it would jump out uh, as a result of the heat. So if the now if if the pot is on the stove and it didn't reach yad soledipo, yad soledipo, let's say it's between um, forty three and forty nine degrees Celsius. So if it's on the stove, it's warming up, but it didn't reach, reach that temperature, or it was removed from the stove and it cooled below 43 degrees Celsius, then that's not called cooking midoraita. You're not chayav midoraita from the Torah of cooking meat and milk. Um, so that's the first type. Cooking with klirishon. Second is called irui. Irui means pouring. So I I irui mikli rishon means pouring on something hot onto uh, meat and milk. So for example, I have my my fresh uh, I have beef I have a beef patty a burger and I got cheese and I take boiling hot water that just came off the stove and irui kli rishon I pour it right on it. So this also has the ability to cook when it's lo nifsaka kiluach. That's when the water does not, the stream from the cleat, the water streaming down from whatever you're pouring is not broken. It's direct. If it's, if there's, if it's broken up, we're going to see the law is different. But if the irui klirishon, if you take a pot and you pour it onto the cheese and the beef patty, okay, it's, um, we're going to see it's actually a safek midaraita if it cooks kadei klipa or not. It definitely you you definitely have to remove a little bit of that, but but it could be even a, a, a deoraita. Now, food in a klisheni klisheni is the second pot. Okay, so now I took a pot of hot water, okay, and I poured it into a second pot. That becomes klisheni. Now I take my um, I take my meatballs and my meatballs are stuffed with mozzarella. I'm using different examples. My meatballs are stuffed with mozzarella. And I take the meatballs and I put it in the klisheni. That is asumi drabanan. It's asumi drabanan. It's not deoraita because the only deoraita only a klirishon can cook. But drabanan, I put it in. It's still asumi drabanan because we say a klisheni can even cook uh, a drabanan. Um, another way to cook. So that that's stirred, by the way. So we have klirishon, we have irui pouring, and we have klisheni. Another way, the fourth. It's called Cham Letoch Tzonen. Cham Letoch Tzonen is hot food that falls onto cold food. Okay? That's also Asur Kedei Klipa. Klipa is, I know I mentioned this, I should have explained, is like the, the layer, the layer of a, of a fingernail. That's Kedei Klipa. So if I take hot milk, if I take hot milk, and I pour it onto cold meat, okay? That is Asur Midrabanan. The meat wasn't hot, but the, the milk was. So it's it's the, the klipa, the, the the shell of the of the burger needs to be removed, okay? Uh, and it's and it's asumid rabanan. Then you have tzili. Tzili is called roasting. The Korban Pesach is enonechal elatzali, right? That's what we say. That's what we say in the Korbanot every morning. The tzili is when you roast meat or milk together. I don't know, it's hard to roast milk. I don't know how that would be possible, but maybe roasting something, cheese or, or what. So, so tzali is actual form of cooking, and that's asumi deoraita. 
according to everyone, tzali is a, is a, is a form of cooking and it's asur. Then you have frying. Frying is called in Hebrew t- uh, tigun. And that is machloket, whether it's asur, deoraita, or not. According to the pre-chadash, it's midoraita. Minchat Yaakov, it's midorabanan. Um, according to many Sephardic poskim, uh, it's considered deoraita. Uh, number seven is called melicha. Melicha is salting or pickling. Right? So if, if basically the idea is that if um, meat and milk are sitting in a liquid that has the ability to pickle for a 24-hour period, all right? Um, pickling is for 24 hours, and if it's a really, really strong liquid, it could even, uh, it's, even after 18 minutes, it can it could start to cook midirabanan. Um, so therefore, that's also, that's also a way of cooking. And the last is me'ushan. Me'ushan is smoking. Smoking, but not smoking a cigarette, using like a smoker. You have a smoker, like, a, I don't know if you guys own smokers, where you put the meat or a brisket in, it's smoking, right? So that's also a form of cooking, and um, and we're going to talk about that later. So those are eight different types of cooking that we're all going to see in this, in this uh, not this siman, but into the section of Basar Bechalav. So now, Basar Bechalav, we said, is Mina Nikbarim. It has to be buried. And the reason why it's buried or has to be buried is so that nobody can touch it. We don't want anybody to eat from this basar chalav. We don't want anyone to eat from the chametz on Pesach. So we got to get rid of it. Um, can you flush it down the toilet? Yeah, you can flush it down the toilet. That's considered uh, a burning as well. Now, it, it should not be given to a dog. It should not be given to a dog, even if it's not yours. And even if, if one has no hana'a from it whatsoever, it shouldn't be given to a dog. It's it's got to be mina nikbarim or mina nisafim, buried, buried or burned. Um, some say that that only applies to chametz. You shouldn't give it to a dog. But to basar bechalav, um, it's okay. Um, the, the there's a there's a mishnah brura that uh, on on um, in hilchot uh, in hilchot pesach that brings down that uh, that is machmir. That he's machmir even by basar bechalav. When he's talking about the chametz, not to give it to a dog, he's machmir even by uh, by basar bechalav. So therefore, as a result, what do we learn from here? Technically, if I have a mixture of meat and milk, I shouldn't throw it into the garbage. If I throw it into a gar- garbage, what's the problem? Especially here in Toronto. What's going to come and show up on your doorstep every Thursday morning when you put out the garbage? Right? Raccoons. Right? I, I don't know. Maybe, I, I think in your area, maybe a different day. Uh, Cordoba residents. It's not Thursday, right? Monday. Monday. All right. Okay. So by, by by me, it's by me. It's Thursday. So when you put out the garbage, you got you got your basar bechalav in there. Now you're not thinking of that. You're not thinking of that. But but a raccoon's gonna go eat your garbage. It's supposed to be mina nikbarim or mina nisrafim, not mean the raccoon or or mean the mean the, mean the animal. We had actually this problem uh, this past Pesach. Um, when um, when residents of, uh, of of where I live where where the where where the isur the isur of Pesach uh, of Chametz was on Wednesday, and uh, that's when Pesach was Wednesday night. But the garbage wasn't taken till Thursday, so it's a big problem. What do we do? You know what do we do with that Chametz? A, it's still in our possession, and B, you have uh, you have animals. You have animals that that, that, that can eat the, the chametz when it's already asur. So so what I told people to do was to take bleach, whatever you remember that you throw out that was actually chametz, 
is to pour bleach on it, right? Um, and therefore, uh, you know, uh, at least you get you get that uh, out of the way. But um, but otherwise, you gotta you know it, it, it's an issue. So same thing here, throwing out basar bechalav in the garbage is a problem because of the raccoons. Um, okay, so now an interesting question brought down by the. The Pitchei Tshuva. Pitchei Tshuva is one of the, the big commentaries on, on, on Yoridea. And he asked a question. If I had butter, butter is dairy, that was cooked in a Ben Yomo meat pot. Before I continue, I need to explain what Ben Yomo is. Because this term you're going to hear a lot. Ben Yomo and Enan Ben Yomo. Ben Yomo means the pot was used within the last 24 hours. That's what Ben Yomo is. Not Ben Yomo is it wasn't used in the last 24 hours. It's the first question any rabbi will ask a, a person when they call about a meat and milk question. It's the first thing. Rabbi, can I? this is what happened. I cooked this, I cooked this. When was the pot last used? Is it 24 hours or before 24 hours? So we're going to learn all that later on. But but here, the Pitre Tshuva is giving a very interesting case. What if I have butter that was cooked in a ben yomo meat pot, which means the pot is less than 24 hours. And therefore it's a problem because the taste, all what was absorbed in the pot, the meat that was absorbed in the pot is fresh. It's within 24 hours, it still has a good taste to it. After 24 hours, we say that what was absorbed in the pot is pagum, spoils anything. But within 24 hours, it's still good. So if I have butter that was put in the meat pot, Okay, and now it's mixed with what was absorbed. Can I use, ready for the question? Can I use it as oil to light the Hanukkah candles? Oh, good question. All right, can I use the, that oil? We have a mixture of meat and milk, butter, and there's some meat in there. Okay, you can use butter. It's, it's, a, it's a fat. It has the ability to light. Can I use it to light Hanukkah candles? Um... So, on one hand, you would say that this butter that is asur to eat, obviously, um, you're allowed to use for Hanukkah because there's no Hana'ah derived from the mitzvah. Um, but there's a reason to make this oil or this butter even asur for Hanukkah um, because that which is asur behana'ah, something that you cannot have any benefit, is not considered having a shiur. And for Nerot Chanukah, you need to have a shiur, correct? You're, you have to have enough oil so that it lights for 30 minutes, at least, lefachot 30 minutes after after the, after the tzet. At least, even if it doesn't light, we know that even if it, if it shuts off on its own, you're still fulfilling mitzvah, but you have to have enough oil to begin with. But if something is asur bahana'a, this butter mixed with meat is asur bahana'a, like we said, you can't have any benefit. So therefore, there's no shiur. So you can't use it for the for the for the light to light the Hanukkah candles. So the Pitchei Tshuva is giving this reason. Um, then he brings another reason, and he says even the wick by lighting the wick, you might be even cooking basar bechalav, because the wick absorbs the butter, the but that butter which is mixed with meat uh, absorptions from the pot. You light the wick, you're cooking you're cooking basar bechalav. Um, uh, but the pre-Megadim 
is a, again another another big uh, commentary on your idea says that if meat and milk were both cooked separately, such as this case, the meat was cooked in the pot and then gone, and then the butter was cooked separately, although it was in the pot, it was cooked separately. Um, the, uh, then you cooked them together, okay? There would not be an issue of basar bechalav. You might still have the issue of of the hana, but but. Uh, but uh, you said you, you wouldn't be chayav on on cooking basar bechalav if uh, if they if they were cooked separately and then and then conjoined. So that that that's a pre megadim. Um, we spoke about the uh, the animals that the Torah list is a is a kid is a gedi, but we said it applies to other animals. And the Arucha Shulchan says we make a kal vachomer. We make a kal vachomer from the mother's milk to other to any other milk. So uh, what's a kavachomer? Even though the mother's milk and the kid were at one time the same body, the kid came from the mother and the milk comes from the mother, and they are asur if they're cooked together, then kavachomer, all the more so, milk from another behema, milk from another animal is asur if cooked with a kid, since they were never from the same goof. All right, so. So that, that's it, the Kalva Chomer of the, of the Arucha Shulchan. So some interesting questions, and from this, and, and then we'll, we'll sign off for tonight. I told you we're just going to have a short little introduction, and then we'll go a little bit deeper next week when we'll talk about chickens and almond milk. Um, so, now, question. What if a non-Jew cooks Basar Bechalav? Is it Asur Bahana? Am I allowed to have benefit from it, or is it prohibited for me to have benefit? I know that if I cook meat and milk, I can't have benefit, but what of a non-Jew? Um, so the Yakut Yosef actually brings this down, and he's strict, that um, that cooking basar bechalav in the olden days was actually a form of idol worship. It was a form of Abu Dazara, and therefore, he says, there's no, there's no heter to have any benefit from a... From Meat and milk cooked uh, cooked by a non-Jew. Um, there are those that say it's it's um, it's allowed that, that, that you're allowed to have hana because the whole reason why it's asur to cook meat and milk is because you're gonna come to eat meat and milk. But if the non-Jew is cooking it, we already know you can't eat any food from the non-Jew because of bishulakum. Right? I'm not allowed to eat food that was cooked by a non-Jew, so I'm not worried that I'm gonna go out and eat that food. I may be worried if I cook it. Because I cooked it, and therefore I may, I may eat the basar bechalav. But if a non-Jew cooks it, I, I'm, I know I can't eat from the non-Jew. So what's the big deal? So there, there are those that say it's permitted. But like I said, Yakut Yosef holds that is actually um, one should be mahmir, and because a was considered a form of idol worship. Um, can you throw? Uh, we we touched upon this, but can I throw meat and milk in a garbage can, even at separate occasions? Right, separate occasion. One thing uh, I can't throw a cheeseburger because of the animals. But if you're, but but again, we have to think. If I have, if I cooked meat on a in a pot, and I'm throwing away that meat, hot oil into the into the in my garbage, okay. And in the garbage, right on the gar, right in the garbage, you open up, you see a leftover slice of pizza, okay. And I'm pouring that oil onto the pizza. It's a problem. Because we said that irui, remember the first thing we talked about, irui, pouring, is a form of cooking. It's called cooking. Um, now, if that's not happening, if that's not happening, then it's uh, it's not a problem. 
Okay, if they're both cold, there's nothing wrong. If I put cold meat and cold pizza in the garbage, it's not an issue. So one of the big questions that we're going to see later on is about the dishwasher. This is the famous psak of the of Rav Ovadia, of the dishwasher. This is a lot of people say because you have hot water in the dishwasher, that's why you cannot use meat and milk at the same time. Um, sorry, someone called me. Um, one can't use meat and milk at the same time in the dishwasher because hot water is being used, and you're technically cooking whatever remnants of food is left over. You can't do it. So Rav Ovadia gave his famous psak, which we're going to see later on. We're going to learn it that the, how the soap acts as like a poison, as uh, it acts as something to spoil, to make pagum, anything that's there. That's his reasoning why he allows meat and milk dishwashers, uh, a dishwasher to be used for meat and milk even at the same time. Because the, 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 the uh, soap acts as an agent to spoil anything there, that nothing's being cooked really. You're just, you're, you're like killing the food, like bleach. So therefore, uh, he, he permits it. But again, um, it would have been a problem uh, for sure, if you don't use soap, you have a problem because again, the hot water is 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 cooking both the meat and milk that's that's in there. Um, another question is, can I cook liver with milk? So now you're probably thinking, but liver, what? Why, why would I think I'm allowed to cook liver with milk? So the answer is because liver is actually made out of blood. Liver is made out of blood. So now. It, 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 we think of liver as meat, but it's made of blood. The only way to kosher liver, for example, is you have to roast it on the fire. You can't Salting liver doesn't help. You have to slit it, right? and you have to roast it on the fire. And uh, uh, fr fresh, that's, that's the only way to cook liver. So can I, so do I look as liver as blood? And I'm allowed to, to cook milk with blood, uh, but I can't, or do I look at it as a type of meat? So... Uh, it seems to be that the the Shulchan Aruch, quoting the Rambam, says that um, that it's not allowed. Um, liver has the din of basar, and and also um, the many Sephardic poskim hold that liver has the din of meat. A person can't cook liver uh, uh, with with meat. Um, <clears throat> any other? Let's see if there are any issues over here. Um, no, assuming assuming you assuming you you pulled out the blood and you 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 roasted it, then then you've done what you had to do, right? Obviously, raw liver is a problem. You can't eat raw liver. Most most of the liver actually that sells in the store are not again are not. You have to roast it uh, on your own, or or it has to be said it's been it's been kosher or or uh, or extracted from the extracted from the blood. Um, if if a person cooks meat in a ben yomo milk pot, so again you just made macaroni and cheese, and thirty minutes later somebody uh, cooks meat in that pot, so the question is: Is that meat asur midoraita, uh, or because there was no milk in the pot, it was just used within the last half an hour? Maybe the the food is mutar. Uh, and the answer, the clear answer, like we mentioned, the food is asumi doraita. Even though there's no milk that went into the meat, there's enough of a taste of milk to go in to make it called tam ke'ikar. Tam ke'ikar means there is the taste of, of, of the ikar. The milk that was absorbed in the pot went into the meat, and, and, and now you're, you're tasting a little bit of the milk. This is going to lead us later on 
this whole concept of 60, 60 times. That when you have something that is 60 times more, if there was so much meat in that pot that there was 60 times more meat than the milk that was absorbed in the pot, then there's no more ta'am keikar. There's no more actual taste of milk. So even if it did happen by accident, obviously, even if it didn't happen, the meat remains kasher, okay? Because anything that went in, it, it doesn't, have an, uh, doesn't have an effect. And bedieved, you can have that meat. Okay, but if there's not, 60 times, vadai, the food is asumi de'oraita. So that gives us a little bit of the cleave we're gonna get to. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to. Yeah, yeah. Those are good, those are great questions. What you have to do with the cleave? What 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 does it belong to? What, like, is it meat? Is it milk? Do you have to kosher it? Those are things we're gonna get to later on. Um, but this gives us a little introduction of what we're dealing. We covered a lot of uh, a lot of good concepts today. Uh, oh, nice to see uh, Biakov. Welcome. Nice to see you. Um, but don't worry, uh, Biakov. I I recorded it. I'm gonna put it on the chat. All right, so you can you can have uh, you can take a listen to it, and um, and we'll conclude here, and then we'll see we'll see you guys bezvat Hashem again. I'm not uh, here for the remainder of the week. Um, I'll be on Zoom, but just not in person. And um, hopefully we'll see you guys uh, next Tuesday when we'll learn the next uh, next month next month uh, next week. <laughs> It's a different type of color. Okay, you would think they were they were together in the same they were together in the same goof. Right, the milk and the meat were together from the same goof. If they're not from the same goof, vadai, yeah, it can't be, right? Even if it's let's say let's say the milk that was in the mother at the time, then once the kid's born, right, and there's like a new cycle, you know, new milk comes in, and that milk wasn't in the same, wasn't in the same, right, at the same. Yeah, but the to, but the wording of the Torah is gedi b'chalevi mo, with the milk of his mother. So if the gedi comes out, if the gedi comes out and uh, or is born, and we say, oh, yeah, I want to I want to eat this this uh, kid now, all right, right away. Yeah, I want to cook it with milk. Uh, Ten minutes ago, it was in the same mother, right? But you can't. It wasn't, the, it wasn't in the milk. It wasn't in the milk, but it was one goof. It was one body. So that's what the Arucha Shulchan says, that you can, you know, it is, um, you know, Kalvachomer, a different animal, something from a cow, milk from a cow, but that you can't. Ah, uh, okay. Your question. I hear what you're saying, but the the call is the the call is the the kid the kid from the actual mother. There, again, so we 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 spoke about uh, at the beginning many reasons. Or again, someone asked—I uh, can't remember who it was. It was—I uh, think it was Yaakov—that uh, asked if it was a chok. All of kashrut is a chok, but we—but we, but we um, there are there are kabbalistic reasons why we do this. Certainly, what Yaakov is saying now, I have seen written somewhere, though I didn't—I uh, don't remember where exactly it was. Like it's just cruel, so, right? Cruel to take a kid and cook it in the mother's milk. But according to that logic, that means if it's not from the actual mother, it's not a problem, right? So, so there, there's other reasons as well. I gave a reason of this concept of, of, of mixing uh, blood and, and white. Blood corresponds to Dean, strict judgment, 
and white corresponds to rahamim, um, uh, a, a more a merciful action. And those are things that we have to be wary of and make sure that they don't c combine and join together. Why wouldn't it just say? Um, why wouldn't it just say you can't cook in its mil in milk at all? Like, why doesn't it say it's mother's milk? You know, that seems to specify. Okay, just just the mother's milk. No, and it okay. So okay. So so that's that, um, that's actually um, uh, something we're going to talk about. You know, ne next. You know, there, it's and funny you mentioned it because just in Dafyomi, in Dafyomi now we talked about. I think it was Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosei, just, uh, it was a story, Rabbi, Rabbi Yosei used to eat chicken with milk, right? Because because he held, because the Torah says the word imo, that the, the prohibition is only something from that has a mother that has milk. Chickens don't give milk, right? So therefore, it's okay. That, so he ate chicken with milk, brought down the Gemara, Beferus, right? Unbelievable, the famous Rabbi Yosei, the Tana, he ate chicken with milk. The chicken with milk is going to be next week's topic. Um, it's going to, that that's the next uh, the next saif is going to be talking about chicken and almond milk, right? And we know that the uh, the the chachamim uh, prohibited it, but but we see that many of the tanaim or at least Rabbi Yosei would eat it be, because of that reason, because of imo. Um, so uh, that, that so vadai, an animal that does have imo milk, which is almost and many other ones. Um, you know you have to do, but again, love dafka, love dafka. We're gonna we're gonna see the issue with milk. Uh, um, we're gonna talk about breast milk, for example. Uh, human milk can you know can 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 it be eaten with that? Those are all things that Shulchan Aruch addresses um, as we go on. I'm not sure if I understand the question. Okay. Okay. Um, that's assuming that reason is the correct reason, right? Yeah. But. I, As far as I'm concerned, there is no exact reason why the Torah prohibited meat and milk. Uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's a hawk. There are Kabbalistic reasons. There are um, logical reasons, uh, such as uh, like the one, like the one you said. Um, and this type of this type of kalvachomer is actually one that is constructed by logic. If you think about it, right? It, uh, it makes sense not to cook the kid in the mother's milk. Um, uh, otherwise, it wouldn't carry the same punishment as um, uh, uh, the, uh, otherwise. Meaning, uh, cooking it in a different animal's milk wouldn't carry the same punishment as one cooked in, in its mother's milk. So that maybe there is that concept. Of 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 of, uh, of Rahamim. but my you're, I see what you're saying. It's 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 a it's a difficult kava homer. It's not the typical kava homer that we uh, that we normally employ. Um, 
But all right. Okay, guys. Chazaku Baruch. I'll post this on the chat, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Have a great night. Uh, thank you, Rabbi. Be well.